Amen. Let's get into the word. We already read it during service, but uh, I'm, I'm going to just read it one more again. Turn with me, if you will, to Psalm 25. Psalm 25, going to be reading verses 1 through 10. We'd ask all that are physically able, when you have it, please stand out of reverence for reading the word of God. Psalm 25, Old Testament. You know, a lot of books, a Bible translation, you can just open your Bible to the middle and just flap it open and it'll usually end up on the song. There are many translations of God's word. I'm going to be reading from the New International Version. But let's see what it has to say for us today. Amen. Hear ye the word of the Lord. In you, Lord my God, I put my trust. I trust in you. Do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. No one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame. But shame will come on those who are treacherous without cause. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your path. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God, my Savior. And my hope is in you all day long. Remember, Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth, my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember, for you, Lord, are good. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in his ways. He guides the humble in a way that is right and teaches them his way. All the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful toward those who keep the demand of his coming. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Pray with me, please. God, we thank you for every good and perfect gift that comes from above. We thank you for this opportunity uh, to gather once again in your word. Lord God, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Hide me behind your cross so that people don't see me, but they see Jesus. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Uh, for the time that we get to spend together today, I'd like to talk a little bit about why we sing sad songs. Why we sing sad songs. Uh, when you ask me where I'm from, uh, that's a bit of a complicated question because I usually just say the Midwest. I was born in Illinois, uh, raised in Indiana. Uh, my sister was born, I was born in Freeport, Illinois. My sister was born in Peoria, Illinois. We kind of moved around a lot first because uh, my dad's job at TGNY moved us around a bit. And then uh, after my mom and uh, dad were no longer married, we still kind of moved around because my mom wanted to make sure we were in uh, a good school system. And so that meant we moved. Um, but I got people from certain places. Amen. Uh, some of them being, uh, from, uh, East Moline, Illinois. Uh, if you don't know where East Moline, Illinois is, that's all right. Just know I got some people from there and I got some cousins 
from East Moline, Illinois, that you're going to know they're my cousins uh, because they're going to have the shiny gator shoes on. They're going to have a, a bright suit. They're going to be wearing some Versace glasses, and they're going to have some gold teeth in their mouth. But my cousins can sing. They can sing well. They go all over the country uh, because they sing. Um, now, there's a song that I know only because it's sung at a funeral when my family, uh, usually on my mother's side, somebody has passed away. It's a song written by or performed originally by the Swanee Quintet. Swanee Quintet out of Mississippi and it's called Ain't It Sweet. And, and the song says, Ain't It Sweet just to know someday we'll meet in the sweet by and by. We'll be together, you and I. Ain't it sweet just to know someday we'll meet. I've heard that song more often than I would like. It makes me sad. Because I know that every time I hear that song, somebody on my mother's side of the family has passed away. But we have sad songs. Uh, Elton John said that sad songs say so much. Uh, they reach into your room. It's just a gentle touch. Uh, there's a man by the name of Joshua Nob that's an experimental philosopher and psychologist and he's married to a musician who specializes in writing sad songs. And he has found that experiencing someone's sadness can help us feel more connected. Uh, if you're feeling just alone and isolated, he says, and then there's an experience when you listen to some music and you connect with someone and you don't feel like you're alone anymore. And so Noel says that this music has a, tremendous value and the surprising thing about sad songs is they make us feel good uh rolling stone did an, uh, a poll on some of the saddest songs of all time and and the top 10 included uh, i'm so lonesome i could cry by hank williams and cats in the cradle by henry chapman and everybody hurts uh by rem and Hurt by Nine Inch Nails and Tears uh, in Heaven by Eric Clapton. Now, I'm not sure who they were asking about these songs, um, but I, I, I know some songs that I would have put on the list uh, if they were asking about some sad songs. Um, you know, theologian uh, Sean Carter, also known as Jay-Z, has one out called Song Cry. Um, I'm partial, uh, to, uh, Harold Melvin in the Blue Notes featuring Teddy Pendergrass. I miss you. Um, I'm losing you. Eat both the Michael Jackson version and the Mary J. Blige version. Uh, 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 oh, no, not, not, I'm losing you. I'm going down rather. Both the Michael Jackson version and the, uh, Mary J. Blige version. I'm losing you is a temptation. And I also am a fan of uh, I Wish It Would Rain. Uh, it's something about David Ruffin saying, sunshine, blue skies, please go away. My girl has found another and gone away. It's sad songs 
no matter what's going on, they're sad and sorrowful songs, but they're songs we love to hear. So, so, so what is going on inside of us? Uh, we don't want to be sad, but we enjoy art sometimes that makes us feel sad. And, and there are numerous theories about why this is true. Uh, sometimes we might be holding on to something we didn't even know we were holding on to. And it gives us an opportunity to let it out. It gives us a catharsis. Um, sometimes uh, we appreciate it because it reminds us of something that we're going through. Sometimes our body produces hormones in result, uh, in response rather to it. But however you explain it, for some odd reason, when sad music is thrown, it brings something out of us. And that is what's going on in Psalm 25. David is writing a sad song. David is writing a sad song in Psalm 25. And it's an acrostic poem. Big old $5 seminary word that means when David wrote the song in Hebrew, each line of it was a different letter for the alphabet. So he would, if it was in English, the first line would have started with A and the second line would have started with B and the third line would have started with C. It's an acrostic poem, but it's also a prayer for help. It's a prayer for help. And the value of the psalm is that it's honest about the things that make us feel bad. The psalmist is putting his trust in God because he feels bad right now. And he's putting his trust in God because he knows God is merciful and loving and instructs sinners in the right way. And it makes us feel good uh, because it draws us closer to God and to one another. You see, God knows that God protects those who have obeyed. But David hasn't obeyed all the time, amen? But God still protects him. He knows that God is the only one that can save him. And so he writes this psalm to let us know that we need to learn God's ways, not only when times are good, but when times are bad as well. There's a handful of things I noticed in the text, and then I'm going to get out your way. Uh, the, the first thing that I noticed that David asked in this psalm is he says, protect me. Let the church say, protect me. Uh, David needs some help because of his enemies. Um, David got into a lot of fights. David got into uh, a lot of fights, but not only did he get into a lot of fights, but he also got attacked from people when he was just minding his business. So whether he was doing right or whether he was not doing right, somebody was usually trying to get at him. And so he, he said, even in his own family, people were trying to attack him. His son tried to take over before it was his time. It, it, it happened. He used to, before he was king, he used to play uh, an instrument to soothe the king. And King Saul would wait until he finished and he'd pick up a spear and throw it at him try to pin him against the wall for just doing his job. David had 
from enemies. And David says that he's going to put his trust in the Lord and his enemies will not triumph over him. And see, when you are on the right path, you will not run into enemies you can't beat. Uh, 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 the text says to trust in the NIV. Um, the NRSV, King James, and New King James say, I lift up my soul. David trusts the Lord with his life. Because he trusts the Lord with his life, he doesn't believe that he will ever be put to shame. And so when David talks about shame in the text, this isn't even a, 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 a an internal feeling. He knows he's not going to be put to shame. And when he says he's not going to be put to shame, he's not going to have a public humiliation. God is going to protect him from that. God is going to cover him from that. Uh, and and I, I know what David is talking about because I've lived a life sometimes where God told me to go home. And I'd find out later a whole bunch of stuff jumped off at that party that I thank God I wasn't there for. Uh, I've had some opportunities where God said, don't go this way. I know you take this way all the time, but don't go this way. And, and, and lo and behold, I missed something that would have changed. And so he has hope that God is going to protect him. And, and, and the hope when he says it in verse three can be translated into patiently waiting. Those who hope in the Lord won't be put to shame. We can wait on a bunch of things. We can wait on people. We can wait on places. We can wait on politicians. We can wait on organizations. We can wait on systems. And we wait on those things. And sometimes they work out. And sometimes they don't. However, waiting on the Lord will always work out. David says protect. Uh, the next thing David, I notice says in this text, he says to pilot me. Let the church say pilot me. We've got to get the right directions from the right people at the right time. Sometimes you can have the right person telling you something, but the directions aren't right. And sometimes the directions may be right, but it's not the right time. Depending on what time I leave my house, a trip can take me 15, 30, 45, or an hour to get down there, just depending on the traffic. And don't let there be an accident on top of the traffic. You might as well put a podcast on and relax. It's going to take time. And so following uh, the right direction will keep you in better company. David is singing a song that says he's going to be in the right company. The text says to make me know your ways. David had the presence of mind to ask God to teach him God's ways. You know, I remember seeing bumper stickers on and signs on cars that would say, uh, God is my co-pilot. And then later on, I started seeing bumper stickers that said, if God is your co-pilot, switch seats. Uh, David is saying he knows he doesn't have it all together. He knows he hasn't figured it all out on this journey called life. He is still trying to work it out. And so he's going to listen to somebody. 
that gives him the right directions at the right time. And when we have the right pilot, we can take ourselves and others in the right direction. We have to let God and God's word lead us, not political beliefs, not greed, not a chance to even score points on our so-called haters. We have to let God pilot us through these things. I was I was at a conference on Thursday uh, on the north side of Houston. Uh, great conference. Learned a lot of good information. Um, we'll be bringing some of that back to the leadership of this church so that we can talk about it a little much. But uh, in between all of the sessions, they allowed like 15 to 30 minutes just to eat. So they had a breakfast break and then a snack break. And then we had barbecue for lunch during the keynote speakers. And then during the afternoon, we had an ice cream break. Bless God. Bless God. And, 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 and so I got in line because you open up your bag, you had a door prize, you had a raffle ticket, you had your breakfast ticket, your lunch ticket, and you had an ice cream social ticket. And so I pulled out my ice cream social ticket and I got in line and the line was long. It was long. I, I was probably in line for five to 10 minutes and I was still moving because it was just one person reaching into uh, the, the, the case to hand people the ice cream. And, and so I'm in line. And when I'm finally about the distance from the pulpit to that back door where I can actually see the ice cream container that they're handing the ice cream out, somebody walks down the line and says, hey, there's another spot on the other side of the convention hallway and they serve an ice cream too. You can go over there and it ain't no line. You ain't got to tell me twice. I hop out of my line, get over there. But by the time I get over there, that line is just as long as the line I just left. You need to get the right information from the right person at the right time. She had correct information, I'm sure, because she was uh, eating her ice cream bar. It was an orange dream ice cream bar. I remember because that was the one I wanted. She was eating it as she walked by. So I know she had the right information and she was the right person because she got it, but it wasn't the right time. Because a bunch of other people went over there the same way. And that line was just as long. And when David is asking God to pilot him, he's asking for the right information at the right time from the right person. That promotion might not be the right time for you. That new job might not be the right time for you. That new friend might not be the right time for you. Get the right information from the right person. At the right time. And so he, David asked God in this song, in this sad song to, to protect him. And he, he asked God to, to pilot him. He also asked God to pardon him. Let the church say pardon him. But uh, David has some issues. That's, that's putting it lightly, right? David did a lot of fighting. 
David did so much fighting that he wasn't allowed to build the temple because he had too much blood on his hands. David also liked women. He liked women so much that in his old age, the way they figured out he was alive in the morning or not was to put a woman in the bed with him. I'm in the book. I'm in the book. I'm, I'm, I'm in your Bible. They would, they would put a woman in the bed with him. And if he reacted, they said, our king is alive. If ever they came a time, they put a woman in that bed and he didn't react. They said, our king was dead. David had some problems. David, David saw Bathsheba and took Bathsheba, even though she was married. And then tried to cover it up by bringing her husband home. And when he was fighting in a war and he was like, I can't be with my wife while I'm fighting, while my soldiers are fighting in a war. And so David sent him back out there and told the rest of the soldiers, hey, when he gets to fighting, go ahead and back off, put him on the front lines and y'all let him be out there by himself. And so he died. That's David. But David is also the one who had a heart after God. Because when the prophet Nathan came to him and said, hey, there's a, a, a shepherd that has hundreds of sheep. And that shepherd that had hundreds of sheep took one shepherd, took the uh, sheep from one shepherd that only had one. And he was like, who is this? Who, which shepherd did that? I'm going to deal with that right now. Nathan said, it was you. You are king. You could have had any woman you wanted, but you took another man's wife. After that, he wrote Psalm 51 which is a Lenten season psalm about repentance, creating me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. That's the same David. You can do great things and you can mess up greatly. But God loves you. And so David is asking for forgiveness in Psalm 25. And this forgiveness is based on God's steadfast love. The, the hesed, the, the loyalty, the kindness, the mercy is a synonym that's used in verse six with the tender mercy and compassion. And, and, and it's also related to the Hebrew words for wound. So God has loved him since he was born and, and has been there since the beginning. As a matter of fact, God, love, and mercy are as old as time. And so David yearns for God to forgive him and not remember his sins because God is merciful. God's love is steadfast. God's love is everlasting. And so he writes this song, even though he is surrounded by grief and rage and fear and enemies, he still says, come what may, I'm a trust in God. And so Psalm 25 connects us to God. It connects us to our past lives. It connects us to our future selves and to the people around us. We sing sad songs sometimes to increase our bond with one another in good times and in bad. And, and it appoints us to the covenant community that is known as the body of Christ. That is the only way you can feel good. And so he writes to this God 
who will never leave him nor forsake him. He writes to this God who is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the creator of everything that has dominion and power that's everlasting, that's father to the fatherless, that's great and greatly to be praised, that's holy, that's immaculate, that's just, that's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That is magnificent in all his ways. That's near us at all times. That's omnipresent, omnipotent, and omniscient. That's powerful beyond measure. That's qualified to run my life. That's righteous. He's trustworthy. So in him, I put my trust. Uh, he's unchanging. He's victorious. He's wonderful in all his ways. He's extravagant, excellent, and extraordinary. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. He is a zealous God and he is the zenith of all creation. That is the God that he is singing to. That is the God that is saving him. That is the God that is able to put things in front of you and make your enemies your footstool. That's the God that can be your joy and sorrow. That's the God that can be your hope for tomorrow. That's the God that can soothe your doubts. That's the God that can calm your fears. That is the God that David is writing to. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open and we invite you to come. Pray with me, please. God, we thank you for the word that went forth. We thank you for this time in the Lord and in your word. We ask a blessing over everyone who heard the sermon and those who may hear it later that it be a seed that is planted in good soil and produces a great harvest, 30, 60, 100 fold. Let your Holy Spirit do his holy work in your holy people for your holy church and your holy kingdom. In Christ's name we pray, amen. We say that the doors of the church are open after every sermon. It's an opportunity to get to know Christ Jesus. It's an opportunity to connect with the church family if you do not have one. It's an opportunity to know where you are going and know where your soul is. It is the longest lasting, most important decision you've ever make. I know we are all ready, all St. Mary's family. So as the adage goes, ours to offer, yours to accept or reject. Amen. Thank you so much for watching this video. Please be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Don't forget to connect with me on social media, Pastor Johnny Simpson Jr. on Facebook, at Pastor J. Simpson Jr. on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again for watching, and God bless.